This episode of No Pucks Given is brought to you by Leading Edge Hockey. Ran by Chris Bartlett and Pat Carl from August 27th to August 31st for ages 5 to 14 at CBS Arena. Check them out at www.leadingedgehockey.com. That's www.leadingedgehockey.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of No Pucks Given with Nick Abbott. This week, a lot happened in the NHL. There was the NHL awards, the NHL draft, and also free agency, and a lot of trades have been starting to happen. This week, we're going to focus on three main topics, and that is the NHL awards, the NHL drafts, the draft, and free agency. So this year's NHL draft was one of those drafts that um, you know a lot of people were talking about for a very long time. You had a lot of great prospects in this NHL draft. Um, you know, top three prospects would have to be uh, Rasmus Dahlin, Andre Shestakov, and uh, Philip Zadina. Now, the biggest surprise of this NHL draft might have been Philip Zadina dropping to uh, number six when he was projected in the top three. I know Montreal already said that they were going to take uh, Yes Perry, Kotniemi, uh, but I still believe that, you know, Ottawa or Arizona had the chance to draft an absolute unbelievable winger from Halifax who had an unbelievable year, and uh, they just left him hanging there for Detroit at number six, which, you know, I'm a Red Wings fan, and, I'm not going to complain about that. Very, very uh, huge to see him come to Detroit. Um, another big surprise is a top 15 projected player dropping all the way to number 30, and that is Joe Valeno from Drummondville in the queue. He goes all the way from the top 15. Actually, he was, you know, last year you could say that he was top five. Um, and he goes all the way to number 30, which was crazy. A lot of players chosen before him, um, that probably shouldn't have been chosen before him. In my opinion, I think he's going to make a lot of teams pay for that, but you know, they just didn't see what, uh, you know, everybody else thought they saw beforehand. So it is very, very cool to see that type of player going to Detroit in uh in a well-rounded first round for Detroit with two great picks. And then another winner or a big winner from the first round as well was the New York Islanders drafting um you know arguably one of the best scorers or the best scorer in the draft, um Oliver Wallstrom. You know, he you know he made uh headlines back when he was nine years old and um YouTube sensation for a goal um at a Bruins uh shootout during intermission and then you know he gets drafted nine years later so it's definitely pretty cool um to see him go number 11 but you know he definitely deserves to he's unbelievable goal scorer uh, just an unbelievable player in general then you got Noah Dobson who you know if it wasn't for him a Katie Bathers uh probably would never have won the Memorial Cup 
and would have had a really hard time winning the President's Cup or President's Trophy. I don't know what they call it up in uh, up in the queue. I think it's President's Cup. And then, so to see him, you know, get drafted 12th by uh, New York is huge. You know, honestly, he's such a good defenseman, uh, probably number two, number three defenseman in this draft. You're looking at a lot of good defensemen in this draft. There was a record number of defensemen taken in the first round. Uh, there was 15 defensemen taken in the first round, which is a, which is once again a record. Um, and you know there was three of them taken in the top, or four of them taken in the top 10. So you know that's pretty impressive numbers if you're a defenseman. It, it's getting, um, you know, it's it's getting more of a defenseman's game in my opinion. Now, no big surprises in the uh, first two picks, uh, for sure. I, I honestly really did think um, Philip Zadina would crack top three. I, I thought, I personally think he's a little bit better than Andre Sheshnikov. Um, not as a goal scorer, but uh, just as a player. But obviously, it's. It's Andre Sheshnikov's uh, number two spot to lose. Darlene, if it wasn't if he if the Sabres didn't pick him, I think we would have saw a lot of uh, riots going on in uh, Buffalo because he is hands down the best player in this draft. He's unbelievable. <clears throat> Montreal fans, I don't know uh, how you guys are feeling about yes, Ke- yes Perry Kanayemi, Ka- but uh, you know he is a solid player, and you know that Montreal definitely needs that depth at center. So I think uh, that will definitely help out a lot. At number four, Ottawa took Brady Kachuk. And Brady Kachuk is is honestly better than uh, his brother for sure. And a little less tempered, in my opinion, a little less um, of that edginess, but he still has it there for sure. And and that definitely is what Ottawa was looking for when they uh when they drafted him fourth overall. Cause, you know, I mean, he doesn't he's not the best goal scorer, he's not the best playmaker. They definitely need him for his edge, so that's huge for them. Barrett Hayton at number five to the Arizona Coyotes. Honestly, I would say that's the biggest surprise of the draft this year. Um, you know, with so many good players, uh, so many, well, I mean, obviously they're all good players, but you know, with so many big names up in the top, up available in the top uh, in the top picks. They go ahead and take a player that was projected to go in the bottom 15 of the first round, maybe in the bottom 20, according to Bob McKenzie. So it's definitely, you know, surprising to see that pick happen at number five because you don't really hear much about that guy. But you hear a lot about number six, and that's Philip Zadina. You heard a lot about him. Why would the Coyotes pass up on a player like that? You know, I understand that they wanted a center, but they picked up a good center in Alex Galchenyuk. They have Stepan. They have Galchenyuk. Uh, so why would they pick up another center? Why not get a right winger to play on one of the lines with those guys and have an unbelievable line? Or take a defenseman. Uh, you know, you got Quinn Hughes. You got Adam Bacchus. You got uh, Evan Bouchard. And you still got Noah Dobson that were available. Why choose a player that you could have probably traded up for very little uh, – very little to get him later in the first round, you know, in the bottom 20, um, in the top 20, whatever. Why would you choose him at number five? It still blows my mind. Then, um, 
Vancouver got a really good uh, defenseman prospect coming in, and that's Quinn Hughes from Michigan. Um, you know, he's he's an all-around solid defenseman. He's going to be, you know, going to take a while to get into the NHL, uh, like most defensemen do. But I think, uh, you know, he's, you know, very solid and definitely can make it um, in into the Vancouver lineup in a couple of years. Next was Chicago with Adam Bacchus. Adam Bacchus is a unbelievable defenseman, and he's been compared to Eric Carlson, and he compares himself to Eric Carlson. So the guy has confidence in himself, and I think he'll be able to crack the Chicago lineup uh, in the next couple of years. Maybe maybe possibly next year, you know, with the way that their things are going in uh, Chicago, they're not looking for, you know, big stars right now. I feel like they're going on a – sort of a downhill spiral. So why not give a, a guy with a lot of potential uh, a spot on the, on the team? Number nine was uh, Vitaly Kratsov. Uh, never really heard his name, to be completely honest. And, you know, wasn't very surprised. New York likes to go outside of the box a lot. Um, but they definitely got a good player. Uh, I read today that he will be thinking – or he will be – buying out his contract in Russia um, to try and crack a roster spot this year in New York. So that's very, uh, you know, he definitely has what it takes, he thinks, and the attitude is definitely there to get there to the show. So it would be cool to see a player do that and make an impact in his first year as a rookie um, after buying out his contract in Russia. (laughs) Next, Edmonton, I think, got uh, one of the – well, the best passer, the best uh, playmaker in the draft, and that's Evan Bouchard, a defenseman from London Knights. Watching him uh, in the clips that they showed, he he's so dominant. And at number 10, that's a huge pick. Passed up by Noah Dobson, who's also really good and really, you know, unbelievable. And also they passed up Oliver Wallstrom, who's one of the best goal scorers, and to put him on a line with McDavid, that might have been a very dominant line for Edmonton um, with him and, you know, whoever on the left wing, Dreisaitl or someone, you know, to have him on the right wing wouldn't have been a bad idea for Edmonton. But they went ahead and took Evan Bouchard, um, had 62 assists and uh, I believe over 15 goals this year. So that right there, 62 assists is Unbelievable. Um, very, very fantastic, actually. You know, 62 assists. They got what they needed. Um, let's go with the biggest loser this year in the draft. I, I would say either the Arizona Coyotes or the Montreal Canadiens. When uh, you look at the top five and you look at the players that were available, um, you know, they both picked players that were not project- projected in the top ten. Very surprising picks. So, honestly, you know, you got to you gotta declare one of them uh, as the biggest losers this year in the draft. A couple teams only had a couple picks, too. A lot of trades um, <clears throat> were made prior to this draft. So, you know, the, the biggest winners, obviously, were Buffalo Sabres with picking up, uh, you know, Rasmus Dahlin and uh, then, you know, Chicago was a big winner this year. Um, 
Detroit was a big winner this year. And so was Edmonton and New York Islanders. So, you know, a lot of these teams went into this draft looking for a uh, big prospect for their team, and they definitely came out with one. So, you know, hopefully we'll see a couple of these top prospects playing in the NHL this year. Um, I don't know if we'll see a lot of the top 10. I think the main ones out of the top 10 that we'll probably see this year are obviously uh, Rasmus Dahlin, Andre Sheshnikov. Uh, I believe Philip Zadina will be there. And, um, you know, maybe as Perry Kotkaniemi. Uh, I've heard, I've read on a couple uh, occasions that Brady Kachuk is playing at Boston University next year. Does not want to play um, in Ottawa. So, or does not want to play in the NHL in his first year. He wants to progress a little bit more. So, you know, props to him. He wants to get a little bit better before coming in. Um, you know, that's pretty solid. And players in the top 10 that definitely will not make the NHL next year, I would have to say um, Barrett Hayton is number one. And obviously Quentin Hughes. I think Quentin Hughes is going to have one more, maybe two more years in Michigan. Um, and you'll see him as a full-time defenseman in the NHL. I don't think Bear Hayton will make it um, in his junior eligible years. I think he'll be playing in the AHL before he even gets a shot in the NHL. Um, but that's just me. And, uh, you know, other than that, there's a little bit more to talk about from this past week, and we'll get right into it. So let's get right into the trades from this past week. It all started with Mike Hoffman getting traded from Ottawa to San Jose to Florida. He was traded to San Jose uh, with Cody Donahue in a fifth-round pick for Mikel Bacher, Julius Bergman, and a sixth-round pick in 2020. The Sharks then traded Hoffman and a seventh-round pick to the Florida Panthers for a second, fourth, and fifth-round pick. So they they freed up a lot of cap space in this trade, uh, San Jose did, and Ottawa got rid of a cancer in the dressing room and I guess on social media. But the, the key of this whole trade is Ottawa's general manager does not like trading within his division, within his division, so the Atlantic division, right? So he trades to San Jose, and San Jose takes a stab at that and sends him to Florida, who are in Ottawa's division. So I don't know if that has anything to really do with it. Obviously it doesn't, but... I believe that it's very, very uh, coincidental that you'd see that happening. The next big trade, um, the first trade of the draft came before the draft even start started, and that was Brooks Orpik and Philip Grubauer to Colorado for a second-round pick in this year's draft. So after this trade happened, the conversation started happening about Brooks Orpik being bought out, and he was bought out yesterday. So that's that's one big thing that happened after this trade. And then Philip Grubauer was signed to a three-year extension with the Colorado Avalanche right after he was traded. So um, that's pretty impressive right there. It's pretty pretty good trade for Colorado, in my opinion, to pick up a, a very, very solid defenseman. Or, uh, sorry, a very, very solid goaltender. And then they did pick up a solid defenseman, but they did buy him out, which was very smart. 
with how much he costs. So Orpic is a free agent now. Um, you know, wonder where he will sign. I think the Leafs could potentially sign him. Uh, they need that defensive core. So it would definitely not be a bad idea for them to go after him for a little bit of money. Um, next thing, the next big trade of the draft happened, uh, I believe, at the start of the third round. Um, and that was Calgary trading Dougie Hamilton, Michael Furlan, and Adam Fox to Carolina for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Now, the winner of this trade, in my opinion, would have to be the Calgary Flames. The reason why I'd say the Calgary Flames are the winner of this one is they get a young, solid defenseman who is offensive and defensive-minded, definitely can play both ways, hasn't hit his full potential yet, which is also a very solid uh, thing. And Elias Lindholm, who is an unbelievable winger and he also hasn't hit his prime yet. So I believe that both of these players will uh, shine in Calgary and be able to start fresh and get going in Calgary. Now, Dougie Hamilton is also a very well-rounded defenseman, and I would not be surprised if he has an unbelievable year for uh, Carolina, but I still believe I, – I believe personally he is uh, better than Noah Hannafin in some ways, and – no, Hannafin's better than Dougie Hamilton in other ways. But I think Carolina won this trade, especially with the forwards that Calgary gave Carolina, and that's Michael Furland and Adam Fox. Elias Lindholm is worth a little bit more than them, in my opinion. So we'll see uh, We'll see who wins this trade throughout the year. But my first initial thought is Calgary wins this trade. Next, big free agency news. now. I'm going to start by saying, where will John Tavares end up? Where will he go? He put in his list of teams that he wants to meet in L.A. Uh, the meeting period with him started yesterday with Toronto. I believe he met with San Jose and Dallas today, and that leaves Boston and New York tomorrow. Now, he released that he wanted to uh, he wanted to talk to Toronto, San Jose, Dallas, Boston, and Vegas. Uh, and obviously New York were going to be there as well. Vegas fell through. He changed his mind about that one. So it is only four other teams besides the New York Islanders. Um, now, New York Islanders are there to match any contract that's offered to him. They want to match it immediately. So, you know, they want to have the upper hand on this. Lou Amarillo really wants him on the team next year. But, in, you know, I believe that he is going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And the main reason why is his hometown. They can give him a lot more than what San Jose, Dallas, Boston can give him. Now, New York can give him a little bit more because he's played there since he was a rookie. Made a name for himself there. So Toronto can't give him that. But another thing that Toronto give him is John Tavares probably grew up loving the Leafs, wanting to hold the cup over his head in a Maple Leafs jersey. The Leafs have one of the best chances to win a cup in the next coming years. And if John Tavares is signed there, their chances are up above anybody else's chances in the NHL. So Tavares knows that. Tavares knows who he gets to play with if he goes to 
any of these teams. And if he's going to pick a team like Toronto, he's going to be playing with Matthews, Marner, uh, Nylander, you know, Morgan Riley, and maybe even Drew Doughty in a couple of years, in a, in a next year. So, you know, this is where, uh, this has been a topic of discussion now for like three years for Leafs fans. And if they're able to pull this out and pick up an unbelievable center like John Tavares, then I personally believe that the Leafs hands down the top contenders for the cup next year. Next, if you can't beat them, join them. 2012, when Ilya Kovachuk left the NHL, he was eliminated in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Stanley Cup finals by the LA Kings. And just last week, or sorry, just two days ago, he signs a three-year, $6.25 million contract per year. Sorry, $6.25 million per year contract with the LA Kings. Now, let's go into this one. Ilya Kovachuk signed one of the biggest contracts in NHL history with uh, New Jersey, and he decided to leave after they went to the Cup and couldn't win. I can't really understand why he would go to L.A. I definitely believe that it has something to do with losing to them in the finals and kind of like a Kevin Durant-esque feeling to it. So there's a lot of bantering. There's a lot of talk on uh, all social media. And I think it's kind of fishy that Ilya Kovachuk will choose the team that eliminated him from his only Stanley Cup chance of his career. So, you know, welcome back to the NHL. But I hope he doesn't do anything in L.A. Um, and next, John Carlson, one of the most talked about free agent defensemen, uh, was re-signed to an eight-year, $8 million per contract by the Washington Capitals. And Washington secured their number one defenseman. Or, yeah, their number one defenseman. So that's huge for Washington coming off a cup. It really makes them a contender for another uh, a, a repeat this year. And I would not be surprised if they really push for that. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple other teams push for a cup this year, which will be included on next episode. Um, after free agency begin, our next episode will be held on July, or will be released on July 4th. So free agency will be going on for three days after. I will be re-recording uh, July 4th morning, so it's up-to-date as it can be, and it will be released right after I'm done recording. So that is how that's going to work on July 4th. Um, and a couple other topics that we'll probably cover is we might get into uh, some early playoff predictions, um, some early regular season predictions, and some other big topics. So thank you for joining in to Episode 3 of No Pucks Given. And I hope you guys enjoyed. Mm-hmm.